Post at us excerpt where each week for about 20 minutes in a nice voice ignoring the haters, we do analysis and commentary on at least one newsworthy topic and how it relates to the WordPress community. This week, we got one great sponsor, and that sponsor is GoDaddy Pro. So you want, in a hosting package, the ability to manage clients and websites and tasks. And GoDaddy Pro makes it easy from a single dashboard. I've seen it. It's pretty good. You can perform security scans, backups, remote updates to many sites on any host. Check up on your site performance. You can monitor your uptime, look at analytics. Those pretty bar graphs are pretty nice to look at. You can also send reports to your clients as well. So all of this is actually free from GoDaddy Pro, and it's really designed to make your life better. So check out GoDaddy Pro at postedits.com slash GoDaddy Pro. Corey, it's just go, it's going fantastically over here. This week has been unusually without much incident so far. Of course, it's the week has not yet concluded. Yeah. So I speak knowingly that I'll probably be proven wrong soon enough. And there, there, that is the pessimist side of me coming out. And I guess that's we'll devote that to a future episode about uh-huh. <laughs> about pessimism and, and business and all that and how to keep my way up. Um, but yeah, things are good. Things are good. How about you? I have a book for you then. It's called Learn to Optimism. I've been tearing through it uh, again by Martin Seelig. Pretty, I think that's how you pronounce his name. It's pretty prolific uh, um, book, but Learn to Optimism, How to Change Your Mind in Life. And I tell you what, I tend to default to pessimistic internally. My self-talk is, and I've been digging through that book and trying to like rewire some things where, um, you know, I just, you know, there's some things in the book talks about this where it's like realistic pessimism. Like you shouldn't just, you know, walk across busy streets without looking necessarily like, Oh no, everybody will stop. I don't know. I see. I I don't call that pessimism. Um, I think pessimism is probably assuming the road is dangerous before you even get there. Maybe. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Maybe that's how I would word it because, and I speak from a person who probably has, quite a bit of experience with what pessimism is, or at least my version of it. But you send me the link and I'll share that link in the show notes in case other people are interested in trying out that book as well. I know if I can buy that book, hold it up in front of me in the couch, my wife will say, Oh, Oh, progress. And I'll go, yep. Yep. Progress. Just hold it real tight and the ink will, you know, bleed into you the, the principles and truth. It's so tough sometimes trying to do the, trying to do what you think is the right thing. And then other other and then at the same time fighting that nagging feeling of of a weight being put on you whether that's imposed upon yourself or imposed upon others and i can't imagine it's and i'm not i'm not sure what order of things we want to talk about today but uh you know this is a great leeway of this is if this is something you wanted to talk about first i can't imagine for a business owner how much more that's magnified when you when you're trying to do something what you think is termed as the correct thing. And then you have external forces and your own monsters inside of you beating you down. I imagine you've got probably something to say about that. Yeah. You're t- so a friend of friend of ours, member of the post test community till um, was said, he listened to our emotional or entrepreneurial resilience podca- podcast and it was, it was really helped. And I think this was, this is another uh, kind of extension of that, that we've kind of wandered into, but you know, it's such an up and down. It's, it's just like, 
I, I said it's like up and down. It's like a true roller coaster. Like if you go to Six Flags or Disney World or whatever, and they the next biggest baddest roller coaster is the one that like turns you upside down, flips you around side to side, up down up down. That's entrepreneurship. Um, I tell you, in the last couple of years, when I've when I left iThemes and started on my next chapters and what I would start and do and all these things, and I just I'm an entrepreneur by heart. <laughs> by experience and it's uh but that is really the best is that analogy or metaphor to what the ride is like in entrepreneurship you know it's just sometimes having to say goodbye to people which sucks uh Lindsay, my wife who's the founder of content journey we talked about she she knows i've said this so many times she's like drilled it into her own head it's like the highest highs the lowest lows in business will always be people. Mm. They can be partners. They can be team. They can be customers. You know, the best stories, the ones like we got one time, a guy comes up to me at work camp. I want to say New York city and said, Hey, your work's changed my life. And I was like, what? Yes. I'm a not themes toolkit member. And I got to do that. I used to be a truck driver. And now I'm a web designer. I was like, that's a high. Then the low is you have to come back from a cool trip and you're on these highs and you're like some, somebody did something and, and uh, it's not ever going to get fixed. And you have to say, I'm sorry, our journey's ended together as far as being on our team. And it's highs, highs, lows, lows. That's, that's the ride of entrepreneurship or a customer that vomits on you or uh, it's late 90 days. All those things, um, entrepreneurship can be a very hazardous job. So part two of resilience is <laughs> stoicism and the book, The Obstacle is the Way, was one of the best things books I've read in the last 10 years, especially when we're talking about this whole roller coaster journey. Uh, stoicism, I think, is such an amazing mindset to be in. And that book, I bought it in print. I've given it to a bunch of people and then I've got the audio book. So every now and then I'm on the road driving. I go, obstacle is the way, man. Just push play. Well, you got that quote on me. The highest highs and the lowest lows are always people. So, so what would you, so we, we, a lot of WordPress businesses today are facing a lot of interesting challenges in terms mm -hmm. of, of not just technical challenges, not just business challenges, but also, I don't know how to describe them. I, I don't know if PR challenges is, is the right word. Um, yeah. And I want to be broad here because I, I don't want to, I don't want to get into the weeds on anything specific because I don't want to lose the message or, but you can certainly can do so. Um, did you ever encounter situations like that in I, at, at iThemes? Oh yeah. Um, you know, my quick response in principle in business is always do the right thing always and forever. Uh, because the right thing is the right thing, no matter what, sometimes it hurts your pocketbook. Sometimes it hurts your ego. Um, but doing the right thing in business is always the right way. And so we had some of that come up in WordPress and I admire the people that stood up and said, we won't allow this. It's back to our principles and um, did the right thing. And the question was asked is like, could it be bad for business? Um, so my experience was, I want to say it's like back 2014 or, or something that we got, our site got hacked and uh, we had a certain issue. I won't retredge all those things up, but uh, certain issue we had to basically like passwords was, was what it was. Uh, somebody hacked us and they got passwords. Well, thankfully we didn't have financial data, thankfully, mm. but we, we 
the right thing to do was to disclose that. We got our ducks in a row. We made some patch, critical patches we needed to do, and then we had to disclose it to our community. I say had to. Like, there's no other way but to do it the right way. Do the right thing for people. And it was, even though it was really embarrassing and we thought it was going to be bad for business, and oh my gosh, this could be the end. Like, it was one of those times where I was like, could this be it for us? You know, uh, talk about the roller coaster moments right there. Yeah, that's when um, you're going down. That's not the bottom. That's when you, that's when you're going down and you don't see the bottom yet. <laughs> yeah, we're like, we don't know what the bottom could be. Um, and, but it's doing the right thing. We got mad respect in the community because we disclosed it and how we shared it and said we're sorry. Uh, I'll tell you, there's a couple of people, there's always a troll in the web, but a couple of people that were kind of jerks back about it. Some people were mad and rightfully so. And we told them that you should be mad. I'm sorry. You know, uh, but uh, there's a couple that were really, really bad. But like if they were in front of me, I probably would take a swing at them kind of thing. Uh, good thing. Good thing. We're all virtual here. Right. Um, ironically, about a year later, that person came back and apologized to me. Um, but right. uh, That's the other thing too. It's like people, especially on the internet, there are still people these days that still regret or not the same person down the road, yeah. thankfully. But yeah, but yeah, that must've been, that must've been tough to deal with. Um, did, what I always try to think of contingency plans. If I'm, if I'm, if, if I have a lot of customers, I always like to like to try to think of because of me pessimist, I'm more, I would say I like to think of worst case scenarios. I like to sit down and I think you, I think, um, our psychiatrist friend, whose name is Lauren, is it Lauren? No, I'm going to have to edit that out because I messed that one up completely. Great walling. Yes. Um, I actually listened to one piece of her advice and she says, um, take all the bad scenarios, the worst case scenarios, sit down and have a discussion about them, plan them out, and then you don't talk about them anymore because you have mm. the, you have the, and that's what we do for like, I have a anxiety over natural disasters, hurricanes, things like that. So we got our go bags together. We sat down, we have all our plans. And I literally think of like worst case scenarios. Um, I won't share them here because they sound ridiculous and they're not relevant. But, and then we stopped talking about it, but we know in the back of our mind, if things got really, really bad, we've kind of covered that already. So that kind of takes the anxiety off. And I'd like to think if someday I run a business with employees, I would kind of almost do the same thing. But that's, that's just me. And I'm guessing big companies like huge companies with lots of employees probably do have delegated or handled like this is what happened. You know, if, 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 if we're hacked or this, this is the PR move. But at the end of yeah. the day, you're right. You, you have to do what's right. And whether that's, whether that's turning down someone as a client, as a freelancer or as a business or disclosing something that your customers should know. So you have, yeah. at the end, you'll be respected for it by the right people. Yeah. It's been a good citizen of earth one, but also the web. So kudos to our friends over there um, for standing up for what they believe is right. And I just like to add that as, as well as you have a voice as a customer, you are also a human being <laughs> and you should yes. also, you should also uh, dignify yourself as a human being as well. Um, and, um, I don't have to like all the companies that I am a employer of and if I, or I'm a, I should say a customer of, and I have the right to leave a company, um, 
for any reason, really. And yeah. I, but I don't have, I don't necessarily have to make a grand exit. I don't have to uh, insult anybody or disrespect anybody on the way out. Um, yeah. You know, that sort of thing. So even in the heat of anger, sometimes you just got to walk away and then, and then come back. But you know, there are some people in the world that, that should walk away, but don't. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sure you've encountered that as well. So yes, um, it is difficult to do the right thing, but just realize that enough people are out there, human beings that will, and usually they're the ones who stay with you if you do make the right decisions, even if mm-hmm. you do make, even if you do make mistakes. Yeah. I'd tell you, I, and I bet if you ask people that were around that is um, I earned respect by doing the, the vulnerable, uh, we did as a group, the vulnerable thing, but the right thing, like, and just kind of going out there and like egg in our face, <laughs> you know, here it is. And um, I don't know. I, I think it's the way to do business. It's the way I've tried to always do business and there are people that disagree. So that I think with the way I have probably made some decisions but you know what? At the end of the day, the the um, guidance or the example for me is if I can sleep well at night and I know I've done the, the right thing by my values, then that's what matters. People may disagree and have different versions of that. That's okay. That's their opinion. But for me, I had to start to what is the right thing. So that means I've given more sometimes than I think ultimately probably everybody would have said, huh, I wouldn't have given that much to a person you let go or, um, or some situation, or I wouldn't have been that gracious. But for me, I was like, Hey, I want to do everything I can to make sure I've done the right thing so I can sleep at night and hold my head up high the next day. Yeah. All right. Next, we want to talk about this huge acquisition, right? MailChimp, $12 billion. <laughs> I swear I logged into MailChimp the other day and I got to the dashboard and I heard a small ching come out of my speakers. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, they, it, I, I, I'm a big MailChimp user. I'm not a, I'm not a, how do you pronounce it? Intuit? Yeah. Intuit? So. Intuit, yeah. Intuit. So, um, I don't use Intuit software. I used to use it years, years, years ago. I think even before the internet. Um, but, um, I mean, MailChimp I think is used by just about a lot of people that I know that send out email newsletters, um, including post status. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that, yep. that was big news. Um, what is your, do you use MailChimp. What's your take on it? So, you know, this is this is obviously the number is like huge and crazy. It feels like to most people, uh, wow! From from a where Intuit is and plays with QuickBooks and TurboTax and different things that they have, like this makes total sense for them. The reason why I want to talk about it today is not just because it's twelve billion and it goes to Intuit, but if you if you've been following where MailChimp's going. And, and MailChimp, by the way, I should say, as it relates to our community, is the default king of king or queen of the hill of email newsletters, I would say, uh, in the WordPress ecosystem, WordPress users. They, they've had long had the $1,000 free plan and all that stuff. So I think this is really big and appropriate news for WordPress peeps, our WordPress uh, business of WordPress community, um, because Right now, it's like the de facto thing that everybody says go use. We, we do use it here at Post Status. Well, if you've followed where MailChimp's going feature-wise, they're, they've already got a, quote, website builder. Now, I, the last time I looked at it, it's pretty. it kind of sucks. It's, huh. it's not, it, you know, it doesn't even compare to WordPress. 
But the point is they're going there. And if you read some of the publicly traded companies that, that touch our space, SMB market, the SMB market is huge. How many people, how many businesses don't have, let's say websites, how many businesses um, don't use email marketing. And you think about Intuit with their QuickBooks and different offerings they have owns the SMB market. This makes sense from an Intuit perspective. But if you look, if you just look through all the major publicly traded companies, I would say uh, Newfold Digital that owns Bluehost is not publicly traded, but you could probably go back to the Endurance International Group days and read some of their public disclosures. Same with GoDaddy, huge market. I've heard it so many times over the years about how big and juicy that SMB market is. Intuit just made a huge move to put a stake in the ground. They had the channel and distribution to do it, along with MailChimp's just crazy successful. This is big stuff for WordPress. Um, if you just look at wh where the chips are moving and why they're moving there and what they could potentially be positioned to do, um, my son and I have been playing chess a lot. So I think about moves like, okay, Intuit just pulled in MailChimp under their umbrella. What can they do? Um, they're they're on this, the, the web now, like with uh, QuickBooks, obviously they're on the web, but like um, with MailChimp, it puts a stake in the web uh, design type industry that WordPress has owned for a long, long time. Yeah, they've got into it with email. They started off with email newsletters and they kind of expanded the design. I've been using MailChimp long enough for years to, to see how their design tools have evolved in the email space. Yeah. Um, and, and how they, um, how you manage your customers and so forth. I can't imagine, I can imagine Intuit doesn't mind having that kind of database at their fingertips either in terms of all the people, all the emails. And I'm not saying they're looking through everybody's emails and newsletters, but they have, you know, MailChimp has statistical data on how many people are using you know, what content people are sending out, what lists people have to a certain extent, because we have that as a MailChimp user, you have that data for yourself. So I'm not sure on the privacy level there, but you can't imagine Intuit yeah. just loves that treasure. That's going to be a benefit to them in some way with their, with what they do. But to yeah. more of your point, I think MailChimp has got quite a ways to go and a contender because outside of newsletters, yeah. it is not, it's, it, you know, it doesn't bring a lot more, serious um profession not professional but serious contender type of software to the web like you said yeah. it's got a builder but it's crappy you know like nobody really well well very few people probably use it or it it's not in my space yeah i don't think so they'll throw money on it they'll throw money exactly and with their distribution with their audience and everything it's uh and and i think that's a good thing overall for the web is to have competition out there. We don't like it as entrepreneurs. I don't like it as entrepreneurs, but I know as a human, it's good to have competition. Now I'm going to say this, I'm going to put this out to my friend, Nathan Berry, founder of ConvertKit. This is an opportunity for ConvertKit to put their stake in WordPress. I love everything ConvertKit does. At some point we need to think about moving over to ConvertKit, but, um, I love because I love to uh, do work with really good entrepreneurs and and um, be patrons of good software like ConvertKit uh, of entrepreneurs and founders. But I think this is an opportunity for ConvertKit Nathan to stake the ground because like 
the OG community for creators is WordPress. Like democratizing publishing is our mantra. And I think this is an opportunity for ConvertKit to say, move over, champ, move over, make ConvertKit the default de facto uh, dethrone, so to speak, MailChimp. And I think ConvertKit is primed to do it. And I think if uh, Nathan and team who are awesome will uh, come over and start talking to us in WordPress, we'd <laughs> love that. <laughs> uh, I don't know if I can make uh, a bold prediction or not. So I'm not going to, I'm going to skip to the next safest prediction. Um, I, I don't think it's acquisitions like this usually take years to see some results from. So I don't think MailChimp is changing anytime soon. Um, especially on something of that scale. But like you said, I think that they're going to expand services. And I think in response, like you, I think there could be an opportunity for people that are provide people in the WordPress space, companies in the WordPress space that are trying to provide that whole, so, the whole software online as a package deal to companies, just like Intuit and MailChimp might be doing, but it's the other way around. It's like what email marketing, what would you use? What, what what ex hosting company will want to acquire to you to add that as another bullet in their list of things they want to offer customers? We've been seeing acquisitions, strategic acquisitions, primarily by hosting companies, because and it all makes sense. You know, a hosting company grabs this particular company and they integrate it, and a lot of it's been maybe theme or developer related. But it wouldn't mm. surprise me. Like you, I, I was about to ask you right before you brought it up about like what opportunities. Like if somebody sits down now, it's like, well, MailChimp now has has got a new owner. Like in the WordPress space, is there is there something that can be in, that can be built up and integrated into the whole WordPress ecosystem that that now that now as MailChimp presumably maybe moves closer to its to its new strategic goals, with you know, is there something that can be invented or clarified or acquired over here in the yeah. in, our, in our space? Or the open space, oh, you know, doesn't mean yeah. maybe not WordPress. Yeah. Is it time for uh, a new contender in a couple, in a year or two? Yes. Yes. Always. ConvertKit showed that. Um, do, but let me go scroll back to something. Do I think uh, Intuit owning MailChimp will make MailChimp worse? No. Mm -hmm. Like very like small. There's always a thing, um, you know, a chance for someone to ruin it. But no, I think if I were Intuit, <laughs> right and then um and you're sitting on your pile of money yes pile of money that i just gave to you the awesome entrepreneurs who started mailchimp um who are entrepreneurs organization um members by the way eo um i would i would not want to mess with a really good thing i would be like yeah. hey everybody at mailchimp by the way your team keep being awesome Keep going down your roadmap. That's the exact roadmap I want. I want to be able to turn on the QuickBooks people over here. The fact that they can build a website and have an entire marketing ecosystem with plus QuickBooks. I would, I would say stay, stay crazy, creative, and awesome, and think about the user and just keep going down your path. And I would make sure I'd have guardrails enough on that just to make sure they kept on the path. That's it. Because when they can turn that on to their news and vice versa, um, although it's hard to rival QuickBooks in the SMB space to me, um, I mean, all of my projects have QuickBooks, uh, for instance. That's what our CPAs, it's, it's brilliant. They, they suffocate the market over there. Um, I'd want to say, here's your email, here's your website, here's your email marketing, all in one little nice pretty system, and it's called MailChimp. Now, what, That's what I would do. 
What do you think about the fact that MailChimp took no outside funding since it was founded in 2001? And in fact, some people have said that it might be the biggest ever deal for a privately held, quote unquote, bootstrapped company. For, yeah. and, and they were bought for $12 billion. I mean. No doubt. That's, no, that's, I don't That's think, awesome. Mad respect. Yeah. Huge respect for MailChimp. I've complained a couple times over the years of the way they've done specific little things that affected me as a customer, but huge respect. Like that's the entrepreneurial thing. If Basecamp would ever sell, that would be a next, you know, potentially, um, big news because of Basecamp's fame and Jason Fried and all those guys, you know, gals over there um, and the books that they've written. Um, now they've had some faux pas in the last six months or so, for sure, some stumbles. But beyond that, like to me in our tech e- ecosystem, those are like like the entrepreneurs, the founders. Well, it's not a WordPress right. acquisition, but it's still big in tech and it still affects us. So that's a big be. way. And I wanted to connect the dots, like mm-hmm. how it could affect this. Is like if I was Wix and Weebly, I'd be thinking to myself, okay, this is big. I got left out of the party a little bit. What do I do next? Um, you know, Constant Contact is still owned by Newfold Digital or Bluehost, the parent company there. Um, you know, Convert Kit <laughs> again. That's this is their <laughs> opportunity. Hear that, guys um, and girls and everybody. When you when you get acquired by something, like we get to say we told you so, or we told we get to tell somebody we told them so. I don't know. I'll work yeah. that out. But well, we'll see. Uh, but I wouldn't surprise me if these other, if outside of WordPress, these um, other companies, um, business of uh, comp- public comp- traded companies, or even the ones that are commercial, still, I wouldn't be surprised if they either develop their own product or acquire something along those lines. I think it's a. Uh, I think now we're moving beyond just normal building websites or building just a newsletter and that's it. You're, you have to become a jack of a mini trades now to get the bigger money and get that bigger and, and get that bigger financing, that bigger pay, the payout, or if that is what some people are after and some people are after that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as the individual developer goes, it should be interesting to see where, I think we're, I think everybody's pretty, if you're using MailChimp today, I think you're probably not going to see anything major going on for a while. Um, but I would start to look in the coming months and maybe, maybe in the years and see, um, I wouldn't be surprised if new solutions start popping up because that's usually what happens after an acquire like this. You usually start to see people start to poke a little bit differently, challenge the norm. And I know a couple of people already that are trying to do that with some WordPress plugins and newsletters and all of that. So we'll, we'll see. Um, you'd be surprised what direction some product takes. In fact, um, I think Saeed announced on Twitter, was it today, that um, their WP, I think, don't, I'll have to double check this or else I'll, I'll edit this out. But I think WP Forms now takes Stripe payments. And now you can take payments now, um, technically, if you have with a form plugin. Um, so you'd be surprised. Everybody's beginning to branch out a little bit. Um, either acquisition-wise or developing, developing it themselves. So anyway, Corey, um, we're going to have to send our newsletter tomorrow through MailChimp. <laughs> so yep. thank you, MailChimp, for not sponsoring this episode. Greatly appreciate it. Um, <laughs> got, got, anything, got anything else for me? 
That's great. I've been trying to find this quote by Ted Lasso and it's, um, Hey, it's never the wrong thing to do the right thing. I tweeted it a while back, but I got that originally from Ted Lasso. Amazing, uh, show on Apple TV. My, like now my top favorite show of all time. Can you grow a mustache? Corey? I'll leave, I'll leave you with that. Yep. He's not going to answer. All right, Corey, we'll talk later.